Thank you for joining us for our first episode of Dear Patriarchy, a series created in partnership between Indigenous Goddess Gang and Broken Boxes podcast. Through conversation, guest artists and activists will provide personal experiences and resource on ways to deconstruct patriarchy in our communities and move past its toxic practices in our larger social structuring. In this episode, we get into conversation with Demian Deneyaji, whose artwork is materialized through the lens of curatorial inquiry, site-specific installations, poetic expression, social engagement, and art production. Deneyaji creates artwork that challenges hierarchical structures and reutilizes conceptual art as a tool for truth-telling sovereignty uprising and reclamation of language, culture, and self. My name is Demian Danette Yeshe. I am born to the clans Nastaje Tabahe and Tordachitni of the Dene tribe. I'm a transdisciplinary, multidisciplinary artist uh, currently living and working out of Portland, Oregon. And I'm originally from... Gallup, New Mexico. I grew up in Gallup for the first 18 years of my life. And um, I tend to I tend to work in a, again, in a multidisciplinary practice. And so a lot of my work is very like text driven, uh, photo driven, um, a lot of like visuals either, you know, done through photography or um, some type of like digital artwork. Um, but I also do sculptural work, some sound art. And in addition to being an artist, I'm also a curator and a poet slash writer. And then what does, what does patriarchy mean to me? Um, well, patriarchy to me, I feel like has ties to, um, more of this like settler colonial narrative and perspective that has driven a lot of again like settler colonial like constructs and and so i think within within with a within a patriarchal mindset there's a lot of like violence against um indigenous women uh gender gradient, gender non-conforming and like two-spirit communities. Um, it's also just shifted the way indigenous communities have functioned. You know, a, a lot of communities I felt like um, at one point or another were, you know, thrived within like this matriarchal society or, or, or lineage. And a lot of, you know, indigenous communities still do. Like, you know, we saw through like we didn't need to see it through Standing Rock that like that that whole movement was largely like fueled and dominated by like this female presence. This like also by like indigenous like queer and gender nonconforming trans and two spirit communities. You know, like we didn't necessarily like need Standing Rock to to prove that, but it 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 did reaffirm like the presence of it. You know, so yeah, you, I, I, you know, I don't think I don't think we necessarily need Standing Rock to to validate that but like it wasn't it was an opportunity for other communities to um see it in practice 
and and appreciate it, especially at a in, at a time period where within like our like more like popular culture or even with like our intersectional political cultures, like um we needed to see that sort of like leadership um and we needed to see it like respected and we needed to see it um it needed to be visible like the 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 visible presence of it was like was amazing it wasn't like something that was you know taking place like during like the aim movement during the 70s when like a lot of those a lot a lot of like that activism was like largely dominated and influenced by like this like female leadership but because of the way that le- the way that patriarchy functioned back then, like they would only pay attention to like indigenous men. Like you still needed indigenous men in order to like, you still needed men in general to like, to to make any mission or any statement or any voice or any sort of like um, resistance like validate to have any sort of resistance validated. Like, and we're getting to the point in our culture where like we don't need that where we can actually be critical of patriarchy and we can hand over the leadership and the tools to like other, other communities to like, to do the work. Cause they, they've, they've been doing the work for like generations. They've been doing it for centuries. So what are, what are some like identifiers or ways that we can talk about patriarchy for people who are just kind of understanding what the concept is? Um, I know in a lot of people's minds, they think about like terms like feminism and patriarchy as like basically man hating, you know, and like really dismiss it because they think of it as a form of hatred when you're anti patriarchy or anti feminism or anti anything. Um, but to me, patriarchy is like a systematic toxin, like a systematic disease. Um, what is some of the language we can use to people who might be just starting to unpack patriarchy? What are some What are some ways that you could share with us for people who are just starting to identify with what it means for them? For what it means for them to like resist patriarchy yeah, or, like, as, or or to even just identify what patriarchy is in their communities. I think one and then the other, you know, I don't, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's so, it's so complex. Like, like the, co- the concept alone is like very suffocating. Like I, I, I feel like as someone who lives in this, in this highly patriarchal society, like it's something that like, it's a system that we were born into and so, like, any way that we are trying to, like, come against it or, like, even have conversations about, like, naming it, like, um, we are putting ourselves into, like, these very, like, sensitive situations because patriarchy is, like, still such a dominating force. And it is still very much tied to to, to any sort of, like, violence, whether that's, like, um, in, in, in the smallest sense, like, bullying, like you know, in, in schoolyards or over the internet to like actual death and murder on the other end, mm-hmm. um, or like invading of countries, you know, at, which leads to like gruesome, like colonial acts of like genocide and violence against an entire people who you may never ever like see or have an, have an intimate relationship with or personal relationship with, um, so I mean it's it's different. I mean in the states like patriarchy functions very differently than than patriarchy you know in 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 the Middle East or in 
and Mexico or even Canada. You know, it, it changes state by state. The way patriarchy functions within like, you know, the Pacific Northwest versus like the American Southwest is like, is completely different. I, I, I'm using like this as an example because like I, the way that I navigate space in like Portland, Oregon, which is a largely like um, white dominated space, not to, not, not to take any sort of like um, attention away from like the people of color and the communities of color who are actually visible and doing some really amazing, powerful um, work there. Um, the way patriarchy functions within like the Pacific Northwest, which has this complete tie to like settler colonialism. Like there's the Oregon Trail that goes through there. There's like the, you know, manifest destiny. There's westward expansion. There's like the, the selling of indigenous land, you know, the, the, the fishing rights wars for in, or indigenous people like in, in Washington, you know, helps like give rise to the American Indian movement, you know, or all this like activism, like through this whole region, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, like the way patriarchy functions within like New Mexico is also very different. Like you have the churches that come in and, you know, a lot of the Catholic churches are very much tied to like this patriarchal history. Um, but then you also have the same time at like, as the American Indian movement is coming in, you also have like the native American, like, um, youth movement, um, I believe is what they were called. And so I don't know, I feel fortunate to like live in both of these places and to be able to like pick out these differences between these spaces. Also in all of this, I realized how my survival, my livelihood, is tied to patriarchy. I feel very fortunate. It, it's weird to say that. It's very weird to say that I feel fortunate, like being able to like to see the differences between the way patriarchy like has ties to my livelihood in these two spaces that are like heavily influenced and have have been heavily impacted by colonialism. Um, it's very strange to me to realize that like. It's very it, it's 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 weird wording for me actually to say that like I feel fortunate to like be able to pick these two things apart. Like nobody should be able to like no one should live in a society where you can like tell the differences between like how patriarchy functions in different regions. You know, like that's really that's really like fucked up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I realize like how my livelihood and my survivability is different in these two regions but also to be uh, but also to realize like how within like in moving between different spaces like how how much of a threat i am against patriarchy or how much of a threat patriarchy is against me i should say you know or or both of those things like fuck it i I don't mind being a threat against patriarchy you know (laughs) like it needs to it needs to be done away with but, like, at the same time, like, I realized that, like, it is so hard for me to, like, move back to New Mexico at this point and, like, live the type of life that I want to live and, like, be who I want to be and feel safe there. Like, feel like I can live and make the artwork that I want to make and, like, even just dress the way I want to make or talk the way I want to talk or, like, be intimate with the people in a way in the way that I want to be intimate with them. 
you know, like it's a lot, it's a hell of a lot easier for me to like, to live a more free and daring life, like in Portland, Oregon, which is so strange because like, that's not my indigenous land. That's, that's, I mean, my, I'm sure my people passed through there at one point. Um, <clears throat> but like, it's sorry. It's such like a white dominated space, you know, like that entire region has been like colonized and it continues to get colonized like through gentrification. Um, but I mean, but even like moving in between like these two spaces, like whenever I drive home, like from, from, from Portland, like to New Mexico, like, I'm I'm continually like moving through these spaces and like weaving like through highways and like small communities where like you you just feel that threat of patriarchy. You feel that threat of like of this of society. And it's some you know a lot of the times it's not it's it's not exactly like a person from that community like coming against you. It's the way these communities are constructed. Mm. It's not just like one dude like at the gas station, like making you feel unsafe. It's like an entire community, you know, it's men, it's women. Um, it's a way like that whole system or those smaller systems have been set up. So I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's hard for me to answer that question because patriarchy functions very differently in different spaces, mm -hmm. you know, and we're all trying to figure out right now, like how to name it within our own communities, how to name it within ourselves. And that's, I mean, that's, I think, probably the most, like, important thing to come away with is, like, how do we name patriarchy within ourselves? Like, it's because it's not just, like, it's not just strictly, like, tied down to, like, one gender. Like, patriarchy has been successful in, like, interrogating, like, female communities as well. Like, it's not just men who uphold it. It's also um, women who uphold it. Yeah, definitely. And it penetrates into the queer communities too. And can you talk about Oh my god. Can you talk about that a little bit like um from your experience as a queer person how patriarchy affects you in relationship to the way you identify and also how it affects your communities and how it impregnates itself into your communities and like perpetuates that really toxic cycle. I mean, I've definitely thought about it. Like, I've I've thought about, like, certain privileges that people, like, within my community have um, or certain privileges that, like, that come through, that come through gender, you know, or gender representation or... Um, I'm still trying to have that conversation with myself and my community and... I think it's really difficult to have that conversation about how patriarchy affects communities when we're like having these conversations about like gender identity and um, like when we're trying to have these conversations about gender identity and we're trying to like hold like these patriarchal values um, or trying to make them accountable, but yet at the same time, like we we hold masculinity and the performance of gender in like such a high standard in, in, in terms of like how we choose to identify. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not free from that. You know, like I realize that like I benefit very much from like 
presenting as like a cis male person, you know? Um, I navigate space easily. I know how to like, I know how to like move through certain regions and like in a safe enough manner, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that like, you know, most of the time I won't get fucked with. And I realized that, you know, there is a huge amount of like privilege in that. And there is a huge like gender performativity that like I have to go through in order to ensure my survival. But I also, you know, at the same time, I also realized like, like the, the toxicity of like masculine communities within like, within like queer culture. And, you know, how a lot of, not my personal community, but, like, how uh, how a lot of, like, the gay community, like, you know, does uphold, like, this whole patriarchal standpoint of, of, of how it's structured. Like, even just, sorry, even in terms of, like, of how, of, like, of queer men and this like uncomfortability toward women or even like hatred toward women. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I don't, I don't know if, if I know that certain communities that I'm a part of, like are having these conversations, but I don't think it's a large enough conversation that like queer people are having. Mm -hmm. So like anytime we like bring up, you know, who we are as queer people in, in, in relationship to mainstream culture or whatever, like, I think there's this really, like, weird thing that happens that feels like, you know, just because we are a, a people who have been oppressed and who have struggled and who, like, lived and survived through, like, the HIV and AIDS crisis that we feel that, like, there's no way that we can do, like, harm <laughs> or anything against our community, you know? which I don't think is true. I mean, I, I think we still have like a lot of like learning and growing to do. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure that out for myself and still trying to like break apart, like how, how patriarchy has had like an overwhelming, like negative corruptive influence against, against, against queer people. Anyway, sorry. That's, that's, that's a hard question yeah. to answer. Yeah. And it's, there's 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 no neat and tidy way to begin to process this and the not knowing I think is just as strong as the knowing you know um and I really value your ability to think critically about it and also to come to the resolution that there is no resolution because that's part of it um so let's talk about your artwork and what are some ways that your art attempts to deconstruct patriarchy or to to bring messages to the public um, that kind of brings light to the connective points between um, a lot of toxic practices, including like colonization, um, capitalism, uh, patriarchy, etc. Like you, you connect the dots a lot with your work, a lot of your text work, a lot of your, um, like imagery. So can, can you just talk about your practice a little bit in relationship to kind of, um, destroying, deconstructing patriarchy and other oppressive societal structures? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. So 
I think I also want to like just rewind a little bit to what we to to what I was trying to describe earlier because like I also want to get across that like this overall sense of like this patriarchal force, you know, and like I understand that it has ties to like religion. I understand that it has ties to like conquest and like colonization, pillaging, um, rape, sexual violence, assault against like the land and people and how it has ties to like Europe and like centuries of like devastation and um, oppression against, you know, women and queers and, you know, and all, I mean, patriarchy is like very largely like this, like Western construct and is a Western disease, you know, like, I understand that when I'm, when I'm trying to like, see how it like affects my community, like I begin to think of like the erasure of like trans people. I, I start to see the erasure of like, queer people um, during the HIV and AIDS crisis, even prior to that, like police raids, the military, the, 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 um, the cops and uh, the prison industrial complex, like all of these factors, you know, I see, I, I see all this violence against like queer bodies, against like non-white bodies, um, against female bodies, um, against bodies that are resisting patriarchy, um, as like or or even like even like this masculine gender but i'm having i i have trouble like seeing how patriarchy has like corrupted and infected like my queer communities i think that's why that, that's why i have difficulty right now and sort of like really trying to like feel like i i have a a well-rounded enough idea to like to answer to completely answer a question because like it's because I think at the same time as 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 like I'm trying to break it apart within like my own community like I realize that it starts within myself mm. and like realizing like how patriarchy functions within my body is like is really difficult you know and it starts with an individual and then it like and then, you know, that affects the community. So um, right now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying very hard to like have these conversations with myself for like, you know, a huge part of my life. I didn't really feel like, um, I didn't really feel tied to like, I felt more tied to like feminism and women's studies, um, you know, having been brought up in a household that was predominantly like, uh, female centered, you know, I have four older sisters and my mother, I, my father was like, was around and was very supportive. Um, but I just felt so tied to like, to like this indigenous Dene like culture, but at the same time, like that was not my upbringing, you know, like, or that, that, that I didn't, I didn't, I don't have the same experiences as like an indigenous female you know, mm. from my tribe, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't live that experience. And so I think what the most that I, the most that I've tried to have these conversations um, with myself and with my community has, has 
like had to result through artwork, mm. um, had to result through writing, um, had to result through paying um, homage to all these indigenous like female energies that came before me. And so it was through visual artwork and writing and um, using the language of the enemy that I became like more confident in having these conversations that were more invested in like holding space for 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 women who I don't know influenced my work, but who also had done a lot of like the intellectual and like physical labor like prior to my birth, mm. um, or as I was coming up, you know. Um, so a lot of my artwork, uh, especially through Rise, which is Radical Indigenous Survivance and Empowerment. Um, really came out of like reading about indigenous feminism, um, which was being like hypercritical of, you know, th this mainstream white liberal feminism. And so, you know, through that, I, I, I began to work more on these pieces that were about like reclaiming um, indigenous imagery, but also use language in a way that was like very confrontational and subversive. And it was it was very difficult and like challenging work, especially to make it as like I realized that that it was it was it was going to be very difficult to make that work as like you know a cis gendered male. Um, but I also felt that like much of like my own masculinity, much of my own upbringing, um, and my survivability always what always came from and was influenced by like this like female perspective and oftentimes like you know was was it was and is tied more to like to like indigenous indigenous Dene ways of seeing the world you know um, of experiencing the land around you you know and sometimes like you know I, I i think even within like the 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 dene um traditions and and society societal um functions like it is still like a, a you know there's still our stories of like first man and first woman um you know, there is still the understanding of, like, a four to five, like, gender system. And so, but, you know, still at the end of the day, like, I still felt like there was this, like, there was this trans or, like, gender fluid, like, presence within, like, the world, within, mm -hmm. like, the landscape. Um and I think it was a lot harder for me to, like, name or, like, recognize as I was younger. But, like, um, you know, as I've gotten older and had more conversations and, you know, with my community, I, I, I feel like, you know, there is more of an emergence of, like, how this, of how this body, or, sorry, of how this, like, of how this earth is, like, more queer and trans and, and gender fluid than it necessarily is like tied to like father sky or mother earth mm -hmm. you know so yeah I, I think a lot of a lot of my a lot of my upbringing and ways that i've like 
seen the world, like, even though it is heavily influenced by, like, you know, matriarchs and matrilineal, like, upbringing and um, presence within, like, indigenous Diné culture, like, I think there's also always also just been this, like, overwhelming presence of gender fluid or gender nonconforming folk on the reservation, you know? or ways about like experiencing the land and experiencing the world around you or even your own body. Um, and patriarchy had did a really good job of like fucking that up, you know, mm-hmm. it did a very good job of, of just completely um, altering the way indigenous people have like seen the world um, and seen their own bodies or even seen the landscape. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I wish there was a better way for me to like explain that or describe that, but it's like, it's still stuff that I'm trying to figure out and like write about. But I also, I also feel like it's still a hard thing to say, um, especially to indigenous, indigenous, like traditional elders in the community Mm -hmm. who have like this completely different perspective of what it means to be an indigenous, like, you know, man, woman, um, or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many layers. Like at what point does that contact with patriarchy, with colonization affect people seeing themselves as separate from the earth versus just a part of a system that isn't binary, you know, and all those layers of it. It's so complex. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that we can activate today within our own communities to begin to, um, break away from, um, bending towards patriarchal ways of acting or playing out patriarchal roles? What are some, what are some things that you might be able to share with us that you've been noticing have been helpful for you? Um, well, put some nail polish on. (laughs) (laughs) Step one. Um, no, it's more complex than that. Okay. Um, I mean, whatever, fuck, if, if, if that's like, you know, a, a small thing to do, whatever, self-care is like a great way to come against like patriarchy. Patriarchy doesn't want you to take care of yourself. Patriarchy wants to, like, fucking kill you. It wants you to kill yourself, you know? Um, It wants to control you, uh, create cancer, um, expose you to, like, disease and anxiety. And it doesn't want you to feel... It wants you to feel pain, but then it wants you to, like, mediate the pain by something that it subscribes you, you know? Like... For profit. I don't know. I, I, I think... What's that? I said for profit, for for the profit, for profit. of those elite few in power and wealth. Patriarchy, you know, it's there are numerous ways, you know, to combat it. I think I think for myself it comes through it comes through self care. Like, you know, taking care of myself as like an indigenous person, you know, like at this point, like I have I don't know if I if if, if I will always not drink, you know. I've been sober now for like over eight years, but like at this point, like, you know, choosing this life of like not consuming like alcohol, like in huge quantities, I do drink kombucha. 
and like bitters and stuff like that you know like grain alcohol and tinctures and whatnot um you know i i i feel like for myself anyway like choosing that life and and you know realizing like how alcohol has affected like not only indigenous communities but also like queer communities or political communities or art communities or any of these things you know like realizing like how it's had an effect on like myself my being my livelihood how i concentrate and function and maintain like a high level of productability or productability that's not a word product productivity you're so productive you're just <laughs> making words <laughs> making up shit as i go no but like even seeing how like how not drinking like you know allows me to be like highly productive mm. um as an artist as a writer as as a curator as you know someone who's also trying to like just like make it on my own terms without like you know the the support of like a gallery or an agent or any of that stuff you know like you know that that has been like such a fuck you to like the establishment it's mm -hmm. been like such a fuck you to like I, I i mean i i feel like it's been like a huge fuck you against like patriarchy yeah like all those institutions and galleries that's all part of that system no it really is and it's it's toxic and it's fucked up and it keeps people from making work and it dictate it dictates dick <laughs> <laughs> Dick. There's always that fucking dick. <laughs> There's always that dick. No, but like it, it completely like dictates. Oh god, I can't say that word without thinking of it now. <laughs> dictates. That's right, right? I'm pronouncing it right. Dictates. No, it totally dictates. Ugh. Wow. All right. Well, it totally, it, it totally dictates the way people make artwork the way they produce artwork what they like what they feel like is profitable or important you know mm -hmm. and that's really like fucked up in the long run yeah so you know i think i think it's different for each person you know like how like what method they use to like come and to come against and like combat patriarchy within themselves within their community within like a larger like regional national or international scope you know like it gets like complex like immediately um but that's just i mean that's just the way that i do it you know i do it through artwork i do it through you know staying as focused as i can on the artwork that i'm making i feel like the artwork that i've made and um, the work that, you know, I'm, I'm invested in like producing is invested in like creating like a space in the future for like other artists and writers and curators or even just everyday people to like build the type of artwork that, or build a type of world that like we, that, that we feel like is necessary, that we feel like should be afforded to everyone. I mean, we can talk, like, days and days and days and years and weeks and, you know, like, forever, like, our entire lives about, like, what we need to do to, like, take down patriarchy or decolonize this or decolonize that, you know? But, like, the reality is, at the end of the day, like, 
we're never going to be able to like fully conceive of these ideas in our lifetime. Like we can only hope that, you know, generations like five, six, seven years down the line are actually actively living these realities out where like maybe male and female gender systems like just do not even exist. And they're looking back at us being like, what the fuck were they thinking? Like two gender systems, really? Like how archaic and naive is that? You know, five gen five generations ago, like I'm sure they would like marvel at like the language we have right now or like the type of societies that we're living in right now. So, you know, I think we're being successful and like just maintaining like our values as like a society, like how bent on like taking down these systems and creating a more like decolonized like future. I think that's what we like. That's where we need to put our energy, energy toward, you know, like we can like, we, I don't know. It's, it's just about providing like the spaces and the areas and the access for like future generations. That's all we can do and like hope for what would you say to patriarchy if you if you could if you could actually have access to the monster to one of its eyes and and hold up hold up your truth that you would wish that beast to see what would it be your what would your dear patriarchy be i wouldn't say anything i wouldn't i i yeah i don't think I, if i would not say anything to patriarchy i don't think like I think I think silence is is such a powerful tool against it, you know? And if there was something that I wanted to say to it, like I would want to say it in like my own language. Mm. And I don't unfortunately like know enough of my own language to like to figure that out. Mm. So I need to learn my language and I need to learn my language a little bit better and then I'll confront that beast. But unfortunately, <laughs> Me not knowing my language and the reasons why I don't know my own language is also a part of me figuring out how patriarchy functions within myself mm. and how I'm responsible for repairing and healing from that. And then I can come to that patriarchal beast and, you know, say what I need to say. Yeah. Until then, just pepper spray in its eye. <laughs> just That's mine. Until then, I don't know. Until then, I I think also silence is just like it's brutal. It's such a powerful fucking tool. Dude, you know? It's like the worst form of like shame. <laughs> Like, but you know what patriarchy also wants it to be seen you know also patriarchy also wants to be seen it also wants to like be validated that's so true like yeah why fucking even validate it yeah so what patriarchy <laughs> what patriarchy thank you for taking time to do this podcast, um, I'd also like to announce to everybody listening that um, Demian is going to be a regular contributor on the Dear Patriarchy site and page um, through Indigenous Goddess Gang. 
indigenousgoddessgang.com. So welcome to our crew, Demian. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you. I'm, 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 I'm really stoked and honored. And uh, yeah, I, I'm also just really, really relieved and happy that like this type of work and this type of community building is like happening. You know, it's something it's yeah it's something that like we really needed like in the 90s and like the early 2000s and so i'm really thankful to be alive and present at a moment where like so many like rad like indigenous female trans two-spirit folk are just like being like really badass and doing some really revolutionary awesome shit mm-hmm.